We're going to talk. We're going to continue our message that we started last week on uh, developing a close relationship with the Lord. And so we want to recap, if you allow me, the first point from last week. So developing a close relationship with God. James chapter four and verse eight says this: Draw close to God, and He will draw close to you. Now the reason that God says you draw close to me and then I'll draw close to you is because God's already done everything he possibly can to have a relationship with us. He's the one that sent his son to die on the cross that you could have life. So he took the first step in sending his son so that that we could have this intimacy with him. Okay, so he took the first step. But then he says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh. Well, that's a difficult thing to do, drawing close to God, okay? Listen very carefully, because we have a lot of enemies, okay? God has a lot of enemies. He has Satan, and he has the demons from hell that are fighting against you and I having any kind of relationship with God, any kind. So we have Satan as demons, we have the world that doesn't want us to have a close relationship, and within us, we have our flesh that rises up constantly and wants to do its own thing. And its own thing is not having a close, intimate relationship with God. It just isn't. All right? So uh, we talked a little bit about that. I'm going to give you a couple of verses that shows you that God wants an intimate relationship with you. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 14 says this. You must worship no other God for the Lord who is, whose very name is jealous. And that word jealous means zealous. It means he's compassionate. God wants a relationship. He's so, so bad. He's passionate about that relationship. So he's, he's doing everything he can to have an intimacy with you. Okay? So, so, so God's passionate. Hosea 6.6 6 says this. I don't want your sacrifices. Now notice this. But what do you want? I want your love. Now it sounds like, it sounds like, a spouse, doesn't it? I mean, God doesn't want anything about our services and all that. He specifically wants to be intimate with you. I want your love. And then he goes on, he says, I don't want your offerings, but I want you to know me. I mean, this is pretty, pretty serious stuff. And if you're not careful, and that's why I want to recap this, if you're not careful, you're going to miss it. This is a life-changing stuff, to know that God wants your love, and he wants you to know him. Exodus chapter, or excuse me, Acts chapter 17, verse 26 and 27, we, we brought this forth last week from the mes- mes- message, which is not a translation, it's more of a commentary. Listen to what it says, it's starting from scratch. So back in Genesis chapter 1, where God created everything, it says, from scratch, he made the entire human race made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so that, notice so that we could seek after God. So the whole purpose of our being here, grab a hold of it, it's not a cliche, it's not just something out there in the wind, the reason you're here on this earth, notice this, to seek after God. And then it says at the bottom of the verse, and find him. The purpose that we are here, all of us, the major purpose is not to get a job, 
you know, and not to go after all of these possessions of the world offers and to be somebody. It's to develop an intimate relationship with God. That's why we're here. It's crazy. So we can finally know why we exist. To have this relationship and then let the world see God through us so that they can also have this wonderful relationship with God. Okay, so last week we brought the first point, and that was how can we do this? Number one, make knowing God your number one priority. And we talked a little bit about that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, where Paul says he counts everything else not important compared to knowing Jesus Christ. Knowing Christ and getting to know him is the most valuable thing in the world. That's what Paul's talking about there in Philippians chapter 3. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You shall seek me and find me. Now notice this, when you search for me with all of your heart. In other words, when you seek the Lord with everything, that's when you find. So if you're not seeking, you're not going to find. All right? So the first thought is making known our, our, the first point in, in basically developing a close relationship is make knowing God your number one priority. Number two. Now here's where we're going to begin new. All right? Slow down and listen. Slow down and listen. You want to have a, an intimate relationship with God, first, make it your top priority. Number two, slow down and listen. For the first 1,500 years of the church, the existence of the church, all they did Majority of the masses of Christianity, all they got to do was listen to Scripture. The, the printing press wasn't developed until 1446 or something like that. That's when the printing press was developed. So they had to handwrite. And, and so Paul, when he wrote these Scriptures, he just delivered them to the church, and they read this publicly. And so there was, everybody was listening over and over and over. The church at Ephesus was listening to the book of Ephesians over and over and over, just sitting there listening. Now, Praise God for this generation, amen. We get to listen and we get to read. But I think we've lost the art of listening. We are so busy in our day. If you want to have a close relationship, you must spend time with that relationship. If you want a friend, you've got to spend time with that friend. If you don't make time for your friend, guess what? You're not going to have a friend. Friends make time for friends. That's all there is to it. So if you don't have a lot of friends, guess what? Hello? You're not making time for friends. That simple. You want God to be your best friend? Give him the best of your time. Listen to Psalms 46, verse 10. Listen to what it says. We got it up there? 46.10 says this, step out of the traffic. <laughs> okay, I don't know where that came from. All right. Okay, it says, be quiet and know that I am God. Okay, be still <laughs> and know that I am the Lord. <laughs> That's really weird, isn't it? Step out of the traffic. <laughs> okay, so it's a different translation. Okay, so the Moses says, be still and know. The knowing comes after the still part. We get so busy. It's, it's like 
Some people are this task-oriented. They get up in the morning, and they're ready to get their task accomplished. And, man, they go after it, and they mark these things off. Yeah, they put time alone with God, you know, in the morning, 15 minutes, a half an hour, whatever. They get that, and then they go on about their day. Then you have other people like me that are more phlegmatic, laid back, easy going. So we don't just crawl out of bed and look forward to the task. It takes us about an hour to do the first one, amen? So, so you're, just, you're just different. We're different. And so by the time the hour and we're ready to go, well, we didn't have our devotions because it's time to be at work. And then we have all these different kind of people in between. And so it's difficult. It's frustrating when it comes to having time alone with the Lord. Look, look, how do we slow down? Well, I mean, really, because we're in this society where we're so busy, how do we slow down? Why, why is it so important to slow down? And listen. How many times has your wife grabbed your face and said, look at me? Has that ever happened to anybody else? Am I the only one? Come on. So just, you know, put the remote down and listen. Why, why, do you, why should we listen? Why should we listen to God's word? Let me give you a couple of thoughts. All right. Number one, redeeming the time. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter uh, four, or chapter five, actually, and verse sixteen, it talks about redeeming the days because the days are evil. It's our responsibility. At, we're, we're workers, we're husbands, we're fathers, we're friends, and so we don't have a lot of time for necessarily sitting down and just studying the scripture. So, so listening is redeeming the time. Don't waste your time. I mean. Have you ever noticed that there's time in your life that you have available? Even though we're busy, I, since we move up to the north side, there's 20 minutes of driving time now on the north side that I have. I can listen to scripture. I can get out my phone and I can push the app for the Bible and I can push play and actually play it for 20 minutes as I'm driving. As I go home, I do the same thing. I might listen to scripture, podcast, sermon, whatever, I can listen to this. That's 40 minutes just here and there. Then I go to the gym, okay? An hour at the gym. Then you can do the same thing. You push play. That's an hour and 40 minutes. And there's other, let's just say you do it for an hour. That's 360 hours that you've saturated your mind with the word of God. Let's say you did two hours. That's 730 hours of saturating your mind with the word of God. It's not that difficult. Unless, like you're like me, you're at the gym and you're working out, and all of a sudden you're listening intentively, and then all of a sudden something catches your attention and your mind wanders. You have to listen on purpose. You have to focus because just listening can be a difficult thing. As you're driving, somebody cuts you off, or you're driving, you see a sign or something. So you have to really focus to redeem the hours. Think of 730 hours of nothing but soaking your mind in the Word of God. I mean, that's vital. Secondly, it complements your reading. Sometimes, as we all know, that we, we don't always want to study Scripture. We don't always want to get out the Bible, and we don't always want to dig in and look up this verse or look up that verse, look at the other verses that go along, look at the content. We don't, we don't always want to do that. And so it's not that we don't love God. It's not that we don't love the Bible. It's just sometimes we struggle. How many struggle sometimes with their devotions? 
honestly struggle with your devotion. Sometimes we just do. Sometimes we're moody. All right? You get moody sometimes. And so, but praise God we're in this generation. I'm seriously, you can put on Scripture and you can hear a story of David and all the stuff he was going through as he was running from Saul in these caves and he was crying out and you listen to the prayers. And you listen to Jesus as he walks on water. You hear the story of Jesus walking on water, calming the sea, lifting Peter from the waves as he's sinking. I mean, all these wonderful stories. How he sat down with his disciples and he taught them just face to face. He washed their feet. And you listen to all these stories. I'm telling you, it will rejuvenate you. And it will, it will literally catapult you back into getting into the scripture. It's a comp it complements reading. But again, it can be difficult if you don't listen on purpose. Never should listening take place of you chewing on a passage, chewing on a verse, chewing on a word, and thinking about that on a consistent basis. All right, number three, it increases my communion with God. Listening to the word of God increases my communion. What do I mean by that? Well, I found that when we get up in the morning, sometimes we compartmentalize God. We get up in the morning, we have our devotions, and we've done that, and then we go throughout the rest of the day, and we neglect that time with the Lord. You say, how do you know that? Because I do counseling. That's what we do. Many of us do that. We compartmentalize God. That's God's time, but the rest of the time is my time, and, and, and we know that's not right. We know we need to saturate our minds with the Word of God, but sometimes we can't. We can't so what? What listening, find those little pockets of time, those autopilot activities that you can listen to the Word of God. And that literally will draw you back in that place of communion. Let me, let me give you an example. I don't, I don't think we got it up there, but do we have, we have Ephesians up there? Ephesians chapter 6? Yeah, we do. Okay, so... Just give you a story of when I was in college. When I was in college, they had us memorize, uh, speech class had us memorize the book of Ephesians. And so I'm working as a metal spinner, and I'm at this lathe, and I'm spinning my lathe, spinning my uh, uh, steel. And as I'm spinning, I have all these verses that I'm trying to memorize from the book of Ephesians. And as I'm memorizing this, this part comes up. It's, it's on my three-by-five card, and from verse five to verse seven is amazing as I'm sitting there looking at my, my job and what I'm supposed to be doing, and yet thinking, it's that autopilot time, thinking about what the Scripture's saying. <laughs> Listen to what the Scripture says. I'm at work, and it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters. Now, instantly, I'm thinking, okay, that's Bob. All right, that's Bob. Slaves, obey Bob with deep respect and fear. He don't deserve my respect. Can I hear an Amen. All right? He doesn't deserve my Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. All of a sudden, boom, as I'm thinking and meditating on this verse of Scripture, God begins to speak and changes my life. Because before that, I just would work like everybody else would work. 
I just follow the procedure of what everybody else does. That's what I do. I go to work, and then I complain about that, how they treat me and how they pay me. Can I hear an amen? That's what we do. But also, and this changed my life. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to sincerely serve them as I would serve Christ. Look at the next verse, 6. Try to please them all the time. <laughs> you have a boss like that? Difficult. Please them at all times, not just with your, as they're watching you. Now, now we know this happens. Have you ever been in a workplace? When the boss leaves, what happens? Everybody at the same time gets up and gets a cup of coffee. Metal spinning shop, what everybody does is shut their lathes off. I kid you not. When they're gone at lunchtime, you don't go back to work at lunchtime. Not when the boss is gone, right? You sit there another hour. Well, after I read this, it changed my life. I got straight up from lunch, and I went to work. Why? Because I'm serving him as I'm serving Christ, and I'm not going to just serve Christ only when he's watching. Everybody feel me here? It's, it's, again, the Bible is it's, it's life-changing. Okay? Do the will of God with all of your heart. So the will of God is treating your boss, look at verse 7, treating your boss as you would Christ, all right? Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Changed my life. All of a sudden, I'm a metal spinner, right? Bob Deacon. All of a sudden, he wants me, comes to me because he sees this change in me. He wants me to buy the business. Are you listening? It changed my relationship with my boss. Why? Because I began serving him as I served the Lord. It didn't matter whether he was gossiping. It didn't matter if he was obeying. It didn't matter how he was. It, I just did what Scripture taught. And so all of a sudden, I was literally brought up, and he wanted to sell the business to me. He gave me a piece of property across from the business. I built a brand new house with the down payment. of I had nothing, 19 years old. He, I mean, it's just amazing what God did because I followed Scripture. Not because I'm somebody, because I'm nobody. I followed scripture. Then I go to G&G Metal Spinning because God, you know, wanted to move to Indianapolis where it's closer to the school. So I go to Indianapolis, begin that. But the hours were so much I had to leave there. But during that time, again, skyrocketed. Why? Because they saw something different in my behavior. Then I go to Dixie Metal Spinning where they would allow me to come in at 4 in the morning, get off early because I had school in the afternoon. Allow me to adjust to my schedule. Guess what? He wanted me to buy the company. Why? Why me out of all the other people? Just simply put, because I served the boss as I would serve Christ. Made all the difference in my relationship with those who had authority over me. It's amazing when you begin to do that. And you don't treat them as they deserve to be treated. You just treat them as Scripture says that you are to treat them, period. Serve them as you would the Lord. Number four, it internalizes more Scripture. Jesus said this in Matthew 4.4. 4. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. The Word of God is where we gather nourishment for our souls and for our spirit. We get that from the Word of God. Well, I don't know about you. I like to eat. I like to be fully fed with the Word of God because it is the source of my energy. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 5. Now, this is, this is where we're talking about the listening, okay? 
listening. Okay? Nourishment. This is from this, this is where we get the scripture, okay? There is so much we would like to say about this. Now, you say, well, what is he talking about this? Well, if you go back into context, it's talking about Jesus Christ and his priestlyhood. It goes back and talks about him being a priest after the order of Melchizedek. It's talking about the person of God. Now, follow me. Paul, I believe, is the author of Hebrews, and he said, there's so much more I would like to tell you about Christ, but it is difficult to explain. Now, don't miss this. Everybody looking at me? Don't miss this. It's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and you don't seem to be listening. (laughs) That's us when we're not actively listening. If you're here this morning, are you actively listening? Are you thinking about, now me, I've been looking forward to after church all week long. We have been busy for months here at Real Life. And I'm excited about getting on my deck. Well, that ain't going to happen, right? I do have an umbrella. I'll get out there with my umbrella. And just relaxing. So you might be here and you might be thinking about that. Well, it's difficult to actively listen because your mind goes here and there and everywhere. But I'm here to tell you, listen, the Bible says God speaks to the foolishness of preaching. So listen. Listen to what Paul's saying here. It's difficult since you're, you're, you're dull of hearing and it's, doesn't, you don't seem to be listening. Verse 12. You have been believers for a long time, basically, and you ought to be teaching other people. So that's a, that's a real fact that when you're older in the Lord, you are to be a teacher. I'm not saying back there in class. Every single believer is supposed to be a discipler. And as a discipler, you're to pour your life into other people. If you're not discipling, hopefully you're just taking a break and you get back on it, or you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because if you're older in the Lord, every person that's older in the Lord ought to be a teacher. And if you're not, notice what it says. Instead, you need someone else to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot take in solid food, all right? Bottom line, the Word of God is where we get our nourishment, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We got to slow down. This is what happens. We hear something from the message. I, I did this all the time years ago. Preach on Sunday morning, have everybody come back on Sunday night. Of course, they came back on Sunday night We'd have, when we had Sunday night services. And we say, okay, what did I preach on Sunday morning? I mean, just a few could raise their head and give detail about what I preached on. Why? Because Satan is really good. It's not what I preached on. It's verses. It's principles that we need to grab a hold of. What happened is the Bible tells us that when we leave, Satan is like that, the sowing of the seed. When the, the, the seed falls on the hard ground, the, Satan comes and plucks it so we don't have time to meditate on the wonderful principles found in Scripture. Why? Because you're just like me. We're busy. When you slow down, go to the, the, the restaurant or wherever you go and talk about the sermon. 
Don't roast the pastor, amen? <laughs> Just talk about what you heard, how God spoke to you, and, and specifically what he said. What? Because of this. As you're in the word of God and you're thinking about the, the word and you're rehashing it, the Holy Spirit, the more you put in your heart, the more the Holy Spirit has to recall one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen very carefully. One of the purposes, there are several purposes, but you have the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. And one of his jobs is he takes the situation you're going through and he brings a scripture back to your mind. He recalls a verse of scripture that you need at that very moment that you need it. That's, he recalls principles, truths, scripture. But if you haven't been listening, if you don't know a bunch of scripture, he doesn't have, he can't just poof, put that scripture in mind. He recalls what you heard before. So the more you have that 730 hours, that 365 hours that you've been listening to the word of God, that's, that's there. The Holy Spirit can recall that back and allow you to defend yourself when Satan comes and attacks. He allows you to be able to speak truth in somebody's heart at the time that you need that truth. I mean, this is, this is great stuff, but we have to slow down and honestly evaluate our life. Is this me? Do I really actively listen? I mean, think about it. You're here every week. That's a lot of sermons. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of minutes that you're listening. And again, it's not, it's not what I say. It's the verses of Scripture that I say, that I quote, that you need to put there so the Holy Spirit can grab them and he can use them because the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Slow down. Why? Because it... The more you have, it internalizes. So the question we need to ask ourselves, are we listening? Listen to this. A preacher said this. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Put your ear to the ground of God's word. You know, you know how the people get on the, the, the railroad track and listen for the train coming? Put your ear to the ground of God's word and listen for the rumble of his faithfulness coming. You're never going to know about his faithfulness unless you put your ear to there and know that it's coming. All things work together for good. It's coming. Can you hear it? Another quote. This is A.W. Tozer. It is not only a book which was once spoken, it is a book which is now speaking. God speaks. When two or three are gathered together in his name, truly come for his glory, to do his will, that are all concerned with him. When two people are gathered, there is he in the midst. I promise you, Jesus Christ is here 
in the form of his spirit. And he is speaking. He might be speaking to you about a sin that you're involved with. But I guarantee you, he's speaking. He might be speaking to you that you need to be saved. He's not subject. The Holy Spirit's not subject to everything I say and the context of what I'm saying. He is way out there. He goes beyond all of that. And he speaks to you right where you're at. He speaks. He could be speaking to you about your marriage, the way you raise your children. He could have spoken to you about how you treat your boss and how you work and your attitude toward them. But I guarantee you, he's speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Am I listening? Because when I open this book, he speaks as I listen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit. This is his book to you. This is his love letter. Do you want a relationship with him? Get in it. Listen to him. Listen to it. And, and it's so simple. If you struggle with reading, it's so simple. Just praise God for the smartphone. Push play. It's for all of us. Push play. And there's so many different translations. King James. I mean, I love the King James. I look up in the Greek and the Hebrew. It's, it's, it's the authority. But I love all these other translations because it gives me other ideas in which the context is talking about. Sometimes they're way wacky. Just letting you know. Like the message. It can be way out there. That's not, that's not a translation. That's a commentary, right? But good, great commentary. But all these other translations, I mean, it gives us different ideas and different ways of, of expanding our thinking, things we never even thought of before. The translations are fantastic. But the point is, you have to get to the place where you're actively listening. Don't compartmentalize God. Saturate. Father, we thank you so much for this, just these few moments that we have to get into your word. Father, we thank you that, that we have this opportunity to hear your word about slowing down. Be still and know that you are God. Father, we want to know we need your help. Help us to slow down. Not just in our activity, but in our thoughts. Father, we worry what other people think. 